Second half of the People Show coming to you live from the Kintex studio. Good activity in the inbox, 650-650. Keep it coming. Uh, we're getting set to chat to our good friend Yannick Hansen, longtime NHLer, former Vancouver Canuck. Uh, you hear him here often uh, on Sportsnet 650 Tuesdays with us here on the People Show. Fridays on Canuck Central with Sat and Dan. They're 25 minutes away, 28 minutes away. Uh, but let's chat to him. He's brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, Magnuson Ford and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Yannick, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad yourself. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, team is having their success, and uh, we get to chat about a, a bunch of stuff. I actually want to uh, go around the league here for a second before we get to uh, the Canucks, because the, the Oilers go ahead and make a change. And not that we're here to solve all the Oilers' problems, but we've seen them three times. Uh, but Jay Woodcroft goes out, and, and you know, there's been so much focus on, hey, they changed something defensively. I remember you've said that too. That you know, you, you had the first season with Willie D. Uh, go into the off season and something changed. How much of an impact do you think that had on 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 what it looks like the Oilers were having their struggles this season? It's tough to say. Um, a lot of times, it, it takes some time for the for it to play out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse. Um, again, the coaching change. Um, you're trying to breathe uh, some fresh air into the dressing room. I'm sure. Um, it's pretty much the same team as uh, we're, we're battling Vegas right to the end last year. Um, so, so you're hoping by, by making a, a snap decision like that, firing the coach, bringing a new guy, that they can turn this thing around and, and get back to it. Because you look at the roster and, and any team with, with McDavid and Dreisaitl, they should be in the playoffs pretty much uh, no matter who else is, is in the lineup. And Edmonton has done a lot of good things over the years building around them so so there's no way that team should be where they are right now um so i'm sure there's a lot of frustration in uh, in edmonton right now was it ever explained to you why that they wanted to make a change um in, in defensive structure nope no it was it was just uh, we we're doing this we think it's going to make us better it didn't uh and and that was the end of it did you feel it like did it have anything specifically to do with that loss to Calgary? Because I, I just I feel like I, I'm watching the Oilers, and it feels like they, they're taking that loss to Vegas really hard, and it's like okay, we have to change everything about us when you know the, the margins are so thin. Yeah, I don't know. They, I know they they wanted us to get faster mm-hmm. um, after we lost to Calgary. They felt like the, the speed of Calgary is what uh, is what beat us. That's why they felt uh, Bonino Bonino was a, was a slower player. Um, uh, the, the the Richardson, the, the Sack, uh, Matthias, all these big bodies who was not the fastest skater, but they provided a different element to our lineup. Um, and they wanted to get younger as well. So McCann and, and Jake were kind of forced upon uh, the, the coaching staff as well. Um, so, so there was a couple of things that played in. Uh, Benning obviously needed a win. That's why he, he probably pushed on those two guys to get in before they were maybe ready. Um, so it, it's it's a lot of little things that kind of played into where we we had a we had a really good team there too. We put up on over a hundred points. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, a team that gelled well. Um, it was an older team. There's no question about that. Um, but but definitely we we could have done more than we did the last year. But they decided to kind of implode on themselves, uh, change out some some big. Um, uh, 
pieces in our lineup. It was pretty much our entire third line that got shipped out there with uh, Matthias, Richardson, Sack, uh, and Benino. Yeah, you bought in in, in Sutter, um, but but again, it, it was uh, they were a big part of our team in the dressing room as well. Um, and again, they they provided a, a physical element uh, for sure that did not get uh, that did not get um, brought in when, when they left. Um, so so there's no question it it, it hurt us. Uh, also news today uh, as the GMs meet, uh, exploring some changes to overtime. Three on three. Uh, are, are you a fan of it? Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I, I like it. It's uh, It opens it up. You see skill. Um, uh, again, it's um, it's a little more freewheeling, but, but it, it sometimes there's a boring game. You sit through 60 minutes and nothing happens, and and then you get five minutes of of tire fire, and it, you leave on a good note. So I have no issue with it. Uh, again, I, I I take uh, I take the three on three over shootout any day. What about you bringing back ties? Uh, yeah, I know it kind of leaves everybody kind of like a little. Uh, we need a resolution here um, to to the game. Ties are. I know they're they're a big part of what when I played growing up. Uh, yeah. It wasn't until later on that that they became uh, non-existent, if you will. Um, so I kind of like that a game has to be decided. Um, although I would like the loser uh, point be eliminated, so there's actually some hurt to it here. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you lose, um, but again, that will take the parity out of the league completely because you would see a lot bigger uh, differential between uh, the halves and the half not if you're not getting that loser points all of a sudden. I, I you know, the one thing I don't like about the the overtime thing is is one there's, there's so much puck possession now in, in OT, but it, it does feel like the last like five seven minutes of regulation, teams are very aware. It's like hey, we can still get one point about this, and and I want to see like that time be very desperate and go for it. Is we it, I don't know if we get rid of OT or whatever. Um, just that ability it feels like the last you know handful of minutes of regulation in a tie game gets a bit stale too. Uh, no question. We we go into games thinking that before the game even starts, just yeah, get the overtime, yeah. uh, and then see what happens from there, and, and then maybe we can squeak out an extra. Uh, and it does take some of that desperation out of there. You're you're defending a tie, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that is why you have 25, 26 teams that are theoretically in the playoff hunt uh, at the deadline. And that's what the league wants because it gets people in their seat. They can still see their team having a chance where you start eliminating these things and teams will be out a lot sooner. Um, so so I, I get that sense that it's a money-making thing. Um, but again, it, it definitely does not uh, build the, the excitement portion into the, the first 60 minutes, if you will. Uh, well, it's not been a concern for the Vancouver Canucks. 11 wins, all in regulation as well. 11-3-1. And, uh, you know, conversation we've been having a little bit here, uh, it just, just in the Western Conference. Um, have they changed the conversation of what they are? Uh, as, like, have they, have they jumped up a tier for you at all? Because we've talked about them being in the mushy middle. Are they are they past that? Because it feels like, you know, the St. Louis's, the, the Seattle's, the Minnesota's maybe are in that group. Do you, do you put the Canucks a tier above them now? Uh, standing for sure. I still like to see them play uh, a team on their on their best night. Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's see when they run into Vegas. Let's see when they run into Colorado. Um, let, let's see when, when they like they played a on paper a good team in uh, in Toronto, and they kind of got it uh, got it handed to them a little bit there. Got away from them. Um, so, so let's see once we get into uh, 
little deeper into the season and they've played some of these upper echelon teams, uh, not just one, maybe twice, uh, and see how they've done in those games. It, it definitely looked like those mushy middle, as you call them, like they've taken care of Nashville a couple times. They've taken care of St. Louis. Uh, that's a very good sign because those are the ones uh, on paper when we started the season that we're looking at. These are the these are the teams we got to beat in order to even get into the playoffs. They, they've taken care of them so far, so good. Um, now, now we're more once more, right? So, so now we're, we're thinking, okay, can can we push the the throttle a little bit more here and and, and see if we can push into that uh, home ice advantage uh, scenario a little bit? Um, but but again, it takes a little bit more to to see where they land. But it's still a young season. The first injuries, well, haven't really hit yet. We we know somebody might be out here for a little bit, but but again, you've been relatively healthy. You're still feeling good about yourself. Fatigue shouldn't have been setting in yet either. So um, we're still early in the in the going here. So it, it would be nice to get a couple more games to to really get a gaze as to okay, they're they're a good team this year. They're they're sitting in a good spot right now. But but how good are they really? The Toronto game that you mentioned. Uh, what did you notice of, of why maybe they had some challenges in a tier up game? Uh, I don't know. If, if you're going east, uh, and it, it's a lot of games in a short short span and stuff like that, uh, you just hope that they were able to pull that one out with Toronto having played the night before, and and you're waiting for them. It's kind of a perfect perfect scenario. And it got away from you, um, which I didn't like. Uh, when you're playing a tired team, you want to make them quit. Um, and they almost had that opportunity and weren't able to do it. Um, and again, it's on on paper, the last couple of years, Toronto have been a very good regular season team. That's why it's one of those games that have a little bit more than just two points to it. Um, it's hockey night in Canada, if you will. It's east against west. Uh, uh, matching up the the big stars in Canada against each other, so, so you kind of want to see um, w- when the national spotlight shines on on the Canucks as well, uh, how they do. Do you feel like you know th- that type of game that they put maybe too much pressure on themselves, and and because we we saw some uncharacter- uncharacteristic mistakes uh, from some key players in that game too. Yeah, but that's that's what needs to happen because right. uh, that that pressure will come when it matters. That that's why these pressure games, um, you got to see how you handle those and are you able to uh, to come away with what you need from those games. Um, and they got a, a bunch of opportunities to play these games throughout the year, so that hopefully when playoff comes and and you're in it, then you're you're in it to win it. Talking to Yannick Hansen as we do on Tuesdays here. Uh, now, in that game, um, it wasn't exactly Matthews and Marner, you know, dominating because they they were going up against JT Miller, and we've seen this over and over this year. Like McDavid's had some issues, and and he's going up against star players. Is is this the best version of JT that we've seen through his time here in four years? I think in a short span, yes, and then that's raising the bar quite a bit because he's had some some tremendous parts uh, of the season where he's obviously he had his his downs as well, but but when he's been on, he's been a a very very good player, um, and he's uh, he he's taken this to another level so far, um, not just in the, in the producing department, which is kind of what we we want from him, but but he's also as as of uh, when Bo left. Um, he he started drawing a lot more of those matchup roles, and he's been uh, he he's been playing those to a T right now. So he's uh, he, he's playing both ends of the ice at at a very very high level right now. 
when you're playing next to a, a player that that's on this type of run here, and and, and credit to to Phil DiGiuseppe and and Brock Besser as well, they're having their own successes here. But imagine you were playing next to JT, like like what's the important thing? Because uh, well, when a guy is going like this, you just support him uh, any way possible. Obviously, chemistry plays in, but you have a feel of what he likes to do, where he wants the puck, how he wants to carry the puck, where he wants it, where he wants to get, fed. and then you try to feed into that. Uh, and then he will make make you look a lot better than you are. Um, that's that's how, kind of how away it goes. That's why the the game tends to revolve around the centers. They they tie everything together through the breakout up through the neutral zone into the offensive zone. Um, they help get the puck out. They help get the puck in. Um, so so again, you're you're trying to support them the best way, make their night as easy. So again, you want the puck on his stick as much as possible. So when you don't, you're in on the forecheck. You you you're hunting those pucks. You're getting it back for him. So he doesn't have to exert as much energy trying to get the puck back, and he can kind of use that when he does have the puck, kind of thing. You know, last year we said you know some players were trying to do too much, and and in particular JT, it, it just felt like they were they were stuck sometimes trying to focus on on doing too much. And right now I look at it, it's like he's winning faceoffs, he's on the power play, he's on the PK, he's strong defensively, as you mentioned, like helping in the breakout and obviously producing, and he's doing so much right now, but. What's the difference between when you're effective and, and doing so much and at times when you're trying to do too much? It's when it doesn't happen for you. So too much is, is not him taking face-offs. It's not him playing on the power play. Um, too much is when he's forcing it. When, when you're trying to cheat for offense, when, when things aren't going your well your way, you're trying to thread the needle, or all of these little this that's doing too much. Then you need to simplify it. But when things are clicking for you, this too much scenario is is non-existent. Then you you throw as much as much at them, and, and you trust the skill will take over. And the mistakes that does come from this um, gets negated by the positive sides of it. So again, are you are you producing more? then you're getting scored on because of these chances you take, then we can live with it. The problem becomes when you keep making these forced plays into the neutral zone, cross ice, uh, drop passes, delays on the blue line, and it gets turned over and you get scored on. And that, that's when it becomes too much of this stuff. So so as long as, as they keep producing, that then I have no issue with it. The thing is, it's... Um, when it starts going the other way, that's when you got to recognize it and like, okay, now we got to play a little bit more simply and get it in deep, chip it, and instead of carrying it and all these things, and that can be the hard adjustment. So far, they haven't had the the need for that, um, so, so hopefully they can continue carry on this way. Uh, one thing I've really liked here so far through these fifteen games, and it was really noticeable in the Montreal game, is the first period wasn't very good, and even within the game, they have that game management. We always talk about puck management, but they had the game management to make the corrections. Um, you know, traditionally, it's gone one, two, three games where it's it's a slow turnaround. It's like, okay, they kind of figured it out. But it's ha- it feels like it's happening a lot quicker. Do you notice that too? Yeah, it, like they, they have these... Um, it's been too many times they've had bad starts, mm-hmm. uh, but they found a way to win those games. Um, in the past, they hadn't. But, but, but the, the small corrections, they are a better team than they have been in the past. They're a deeper team. Um, and that is also why they're they're able to come back and pull some wins out of these, some of these games that that maybe in the past they hadn't done. Um, so so again, you you don't want to rely on 
on that. You, you want to get back to where you're, you're coming out, you're playing your game, and, and that's why you're winning. You're, you're not relying on, on extraordinary things or turning things around in-game in order to get your game back to where it needs to be uh, because the recipe for success is uh, impose your will and make the other team adjust and then go from there. Um, it's always easier to, to be the dictating teams and play the way you like to, uh, the way you want to, um, not needing to take chances, uh, cheating for offense. Um, these these uh, odd man rushes, they, they tend to come against you when you're down because you're, you're forcing it a little bit. You're trying to get that goal to get back into the game. Um, and it, it's a very hard way to play um, because the league is, is so sound. It is so good defensively. Every team scouts... Uh, uh, till t- 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 your head spins, if you will. Uh, so, so you're so prepared. You know exactly what to expect, what guys are doing, when they're doing it. Um, that when you are, uh, it makes it that much harder. Uh, we've seen recently here, and and they're playing well as a line. And, and Garland got the the points uh, last game. But Joshua Suter Garland, it feels like they're stabilized uh, as a third line, and it's not the traditional third line we we've traditionally seen and 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 look at and saying, okay, that's a great checking line. I'm sure a lot of people have memories of of you and 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 the third line and and having so much success. But what do you like about them? And and does it feel like they've kind of stabilized as the 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 top nine now? They're producing a little bit, which had been a bit of an issue in the early going. Um, so that's good to see. We can't rely on on two lines and a, and a couple of these doing the the, the, the whole workload themselves. Um, it's great that they are, but but again, you you want to be a four line team, um, and and you need that production from the third line especially because they do get more ice time than the fourth. Um, so, so you do need them to contribute offensively. It's not just enough to be a, a checking line anymore. They they have to carry their weight. Um, uh, Garland is making making a lot of money. He's not making that much money just to make sure he doesn't get scored on when he's on the ice. He needs to drive play. Needs to do um, uh, force force the other teams to take penalties. Force to. Uh, create opportunities for his line mates um that that's one of the things that comes with uh, with you being paid uh you mentioned earlier that uh we're, we're seeing some of the the injuries crop up now the first one uh to the blue line in particular it's Carson Susie Rick Tockett saying today week to week uh what's your biggest concern when you hear that yeah it's they're thin there already as it is um you were kind of a a five defenseman t- team when, when when Myers is going mm-hmm. um so so now you're 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 down to four hoping he can pick up the slack which uh, in the early going when Susie was out he could not um so so again we'll we'll we'll, we'll get a crash course here to see if, if things have turned around and and he can uh, pick up some more of those minutes um now you're, you're starting to get a little bit more exposed on your third pairing um, it's going to be two relatively inexperienced guys playing there, um, and it is it does make your matchups a lot harder. Does it kind of show the importance of you know because we we talked about you know Hughes and Ronick are they playing too much and and just get the points, but they they've gotten all the points early and now you don't have to worry about like scrambling. It feels like you can manage the situation a lot easier. The fact that you're playing from ahead. 
Uh, panic doesn't kick in as early, that's for sure. Um, but if if they lose a couple here, you, then you start wondering real fast uh, how deep is this hole. Uh, so so it's uh, you don't want to take the foot off the gas in any way. You hope that whoever comes uh, up and into the lineup uh, that they they can fill the, the shoes a little bit and kind of just hold over to uh, till whenever Susie comes back and can step back into the lineup. Um, you, you want. Uh, you want your money on the ice. You don't want it in the press box, and you don't want it in the medical room, that's for sure. All right. We, we've talked about what uh, has happened these past couple of games and what's happened through the first 15 games. We get to look ahead uh, now, and tomorrow night, it's uh, it's kind of an important one. Bo Horvat comes back to town. Uh, now, we, we've talked before about you know when you, when you came back to town and how emotional it was, how difficult it was. Uh, what about when you were on uh, the Canucks and, and a player came back, say, for instance, like Kessler? What was that like for, for you guys? Yeah, you you kind of wanna you want to stick it to them a little bit. Um, hey, you made a mistake, kind of thing. Um, and I think this one, even I don't know how it is in the dressing room, um, but but it's it it was a little bit of a sour way the way it happened and went down and what was said afterwards. So I, yeah, like I said, I'm more interested to see what the crowds do so mm-hmm. um, in how they. Uh, they treat him. I, I can't remember. Did he not play one game last year um, after he got traded, not shortly after? Yeah, they played against each other in New York. In New York, so they never played in, in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm assuming he's going to get his, his tribute and stuff like that. But um, again, uh, Bo made a mistake, um, and I know he apologized for it. Um, but, but again, I, I don't think they'll have forgotten that. Um, it, it came out very wrong, in my opinion. So it it, it might sour the the reception a little bit. Even when he kind of uh, you know apologized for it, and he, he tried to pass it off as it wasn't about the fans. Um, do you still just take that as like it was clearly a thought in your mind, though? You know what? I I heard it on the radio driving today this morning, and it sounded just as bad as when he said it last time. <laughs> There's no other way to take this than he was sour at the Vancouver fans for not being able to put uh, a loud building in, in play. Um, and again, that just goes back to you. You're the captain of this team. You played here for I don't know how many years and you've never taken this team to anywhere um, special in that sense. Uh, and I've heard the building explode. It's phenomenal. So, so I hope they give him a sense of that. So, kind of shove it in his face a little bit. Um, it, it's it's one of those things you you can't take any anger and frustration out on, on the fans. They're paying to come see you play. You play good, they cheer. You play bad, they boo you. They have a right to do that, um, and, and that's just the way it works. They 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 pay your salary and all these things, uh, and and you're you're there for their entertainment, if if you will. Um, so, any frustration and anger, you you can't direct it that way. Uh, and that was Bo's mistake. He, he should have directed that at management or GMs or, or whoever it was he was frustrating with for not getting the deal he wanted, if he wanted it, or the money he wanted when he was here and all those things. Um, but but you you cannot you cannot throw that in the fans' face because, like I said, they're uh, they're, they're the paying consumers. We're we're having this conversation a, a lot this in the past couple of days of like okay what do we think is going to happen uh, tomorrow from the fans' reaction uh, but it sounds like you feel like the fans have a right to uh, I- express a certain opinion tomorrow night. 
Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I hope they give him best of the both worlds. Uh, right. You, you boo him when they touch the puck, and you you make the the building uh, phenomenally loud when uh, when things goes your way. Um, and then you can kind of yeah shove it in in his face right back at him, kind of if you will. Um, I know you kind of need the team to perform in order to do that too. But uh, again, it's um, it was a slap in the face on uh, the Vancouver faithful, that's for sure. Yannick, uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, we'll connect next week and we'll see where the uh, Canucks are at. Sounds good. Take care. Well, there's your marching orders uh, from Yannick Hansen. We'll see what happens tomorrow uh, as we get set for Bo Horvath's return to Rogers Arena. We'll uh, get into it tomorrow, but that is uh, Yannick Hansen. Brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, Magnuson Ford, and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. On the way, Dan Riccio, Satyar Shaw, Justin Williams will join the show. It's all coming up here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.